0: The value of investments can fall as well as rise and losses may be made. The Bank of England on Thursday implemented a fifth consecutive hike to interest rates as it looks to rein in soaring inflation in the United Kingdom. The Monetary Policy Committee voted six to three to increase the bank rate by 25 basis points to one and a quarter percent, with the three dissenting members not voting against a rise, but they were voting for a 50 basis point hike to one and a half percent. The MPC said in a statement on Thursday that it will take the necessary actions to return inflation to the two percent target sustainably in the medium term with me is russell silverstone investment strategist at 91 in london i tell you what two percent seems a long way away russell
1: it really does, doesn't it? We're more likely to get to 11% before 2%. So yes, it feels very far away. And that's really why we're just seeing the Bank of England and indeed central banks around the world just reining in loose monetary policy as quickly as they possibly can.
0: Exactly. And last night in the United States of America, the US Federal Reserve raised rates by 75 basis points, which they haven't done for a number of years. And the Swiss National Bank at around about the same time, or maybe actually slightly earlier than the Bank of England, they raised their rates by half a percent and so the Swiss franc has had a few decent gains so it's all happening is it all too little too late is it all a bit of a rush where they should have been phasing it in maybe a couple of years ago
1: yeah it's really hard isn't it I mean we can say that in hindsight and we don't have to make monetary policy in real time I think the charitable view was it was right to implement loose monetary policy, support bond markets, pump money into the economy over COVID. uh, Let's not forget, you know, we literally saw 25% falls in GDP over one quarter. The mistake was, of course, that the supply chains were disrupted as things opened up again and inflation just took off. So they've left it too late to tighten. And yeah, they are literally scrambling. And the sort of game they're playing is is getting back sort of more neutral levels as quickly as they can without tipping economies into recession. So it's a very, very fine balancing act that they're all carrying out.
0: It really is. I mean, inflation, you talk about the number 11% we had an 8.6% print for CPI in the United States. Do you think that it can go higher? Because I speak to people that say, well, the rate of change of inflation must be supported by the rate of change in the oil price and the natural gas price and the wheat price and, and everything else. And they are not surging to new highs. They're more or less staying stable. I mean, they're all over the place. But is there not an argument that says inflation may in the short term have peaked and therefore the central banks won't have to initiate these actions that we've just been describing?
1: I mean, it's certainly we we are on our numbers, our analysis, we are at or very close to the peak in inflation. and and the way you have what you have to think, of course, is is you know inflation is a basket of goods and services, and the only way it carries on going up at the same rate is if we see increases of the same magnitude as we've already seen, and that that feels unlikely, but the, the real issue is, does it come down quickly enough to satisfy central bank inflation targets and do we see the inflation pressure widen out so the the price rises become more broad-based rather than just centred around you know reopening the economies and on oil and gas prices and does that de-anchor people's inflation expectations if that starts happening then central banks have got a, a serious problem that's really what they're trying to avoid
0: how did the markets react russell
1: actually to the federal reserve the initial reaction was very positive Um, so bond markets rallied and uh equity markets rallied as well and that was you know perhaps relief that the federal reserve are are getting in front of the curve maybe and i think relief that they're also trying to aim for the the fabled soft landing i.e you know not tipping the economy into recession but actually you know there's been a change of opinion over, overnight on that and bonds are selling off again and and, and equities are, 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 are looking weak, so we're basically going to end up um, as, as we do with these things, largely unchanged because you know actually I mean, what they did was in the in in the price. But I think one thing. <clears throat> I think certainly one of the views that we have and I, th- I think it's important is you know when you if, if you take what the Federal Reserve are telling us literally they want to get real interest rates like inflation adjusted interest rates into positive territory and you know all things being equal that is definitely going to slow down the economy so you know real rates are going up into positive territory with inflation you know hopefully coming back down but it, the only way we get there is we're, we're knocking on the door of four percent interest rates uh, in, in, in the U.S. which is uh, again, uh, you know, who would have thought that two years ago?
0: No one would have thought that two years ago, quite honestly. You are, are going to be strategizing furiously in the next year or so and maybe even beyond. Russell, thanks so much for your insight. That's Russell Silverstone, investment strategist, a 91 in London. This podcast is a marketing communication and is provided for general information only and assumes a certain level of knowledge of financial markets. It is not an invitation to make an investment and should not be construed as advice. The views in this podcast are those of the contributors at the time of publication and do not necessarily reflect those of 91. In South Africa, 91 is an authorized financial services provider.